If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The presents wrapped and under the tree and soon Christmas will be here. <laughs> Happy holiday season. From Mojo 5 Radio. Standing Ground is a production of Leahy Media. This afternoon, we are uh, celebrating a truly historic moment uh, for marriage equality. And so I brought a friend with me uh, okay. who is an icon, really doesn't need any introduction, but we are thrilled that she is here. Uh, we are honored to have her here with us today on this important day, Cindy Lauper, who has been advocating, as many of you know, for LGBTQI plus community for decades, Let it go. particularly to end youth homelessness. Okay, Cindy will fine. be performing this afternoon, and I thought I'd invite her uh, to in front of all of you all today yeah. to say a few words. And Cindy, thank you so much the for coming. Great, yes, the great. Hi, I just um. I just want to tell you, I came here because... Time after time. I wanted to say thank you (laughs) to President Biden, Uh um, Speaker Pelosi, Vice President Harris, and all the advocates and his team for, for once, our families, mine and a lot of my friends Uh and people you know, sometimes your neighbors, we can rest easy tonight. Hey, we can block. Because we can block. our families are validated. <laughs> and because now we're allowed to love who we love. She bought, Which you sounds bought. odd to say. To do block. But Americans can now love who we love. And bless Joe Biden and all the people that worked on this for allowing people not to worry and their children not to worry about their future. Okay, there you have it. We ha- we had the uh, the South Korean pop group, the boy band K-pop. We had the teeny bopper who showed up to the White House to talk to Joe Biden about eating disorders. And I'm not saying that's not an important thing. Uh, we had Matthew McConaughey on gun control, and now we have Cindy Lauper, the Bapa Bapa girl. Uh, interesting. Okay, let's get into this. I'm Jeremy Lee. This is Standing Ground. Let's get going. Bless Joe Biden and all the people that worked on this for allowing people not to worry and their children not to worry about their future. 
Okay, welcome to Standing Ground. I'm Jeremy Lay. This is Mojo 5 Radio. It is Wednesday, December 14th. It's about 10 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 on the West, with you up until the 11 o'clock hour. Um, yesterday at the White House, there was this signing ceremony for this new codification of gay marriage. I'll be I'll be quite honest with you. I, I've gone through this, and I'm not. I'm pretty, usually pretty good at statutory interpretation. I really don't know what this means, how it extends beyond gays having a right to get married is that the court held in 2015 in Obergefeld. I, I I don't know what this is all about, but anyway, notwithstanding, let's play the report. This is courtesy of CBS News. A historic day for the U.S. as President Joe Biden signs a marriage equality bill into law. As ABC's Liz Kreutz shows us, it's a big win for the president and his legacy and for all those concerned that the U.S. Supreme Court could try to overturn same-sex marriage. Alongside survivors of the Club Q and Pulse nightclub shootings, today a historic moment at the White House. President Biden signing the Respect for Marriage Act, which protects the rights of same-sex and interracial couples under federal law. Marriage is a simple proposition. Who do you love? And will you be loyal to that person you love? It's not more complicated than that. The new law requires states to honor all marriages, regardless of sex, race, ethnicity, or national origin. It also has protections for religious institutions and does not require states to issue same-sex marriage licenses. The law, a reaction to the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe versus Wade, and Justice Clarence Thomas calling for marriage-related precedents to also be reconsidered. Tammy Baldwin, the country's first openly gay senator, said the bill will ease fears about that happening. We can put to rest the worries of millions of loving couples. No, it doesn't. Um, let, let me just put this into simple terms, right? Congress passes a law, regardless of it's bipartisan or not, they pass a law. The Supreme Court, under the doctrine of judicial review, going back to Marbury in 1803, the Supreme Court can declare a statute to be unconstitutional. It can look at this and say, you know what, you're really, it's an over encroachment. You're going too far. You're putting the heat on the states. And this, maybe look, let me, I have to be, in the interest of full disclosure, I got to be honest with you. I, I never felt the Supreme Court should ever have ever gotten involved in the gay marriage issue. I think they should have just left it to the states and let it grow organically. And by the time the court made the decision in 2015, it was something like 20 odd, almost 30 states or whatever had already decided that, yeah, we're going to let this happen in our state. Fine. I got no issue with that. Right. Um, It's okay. But I don't want I don't like the idea of the federal government coming in and telling the states that they have to allow gay marriage. Um, What see, I'll say something like that. And right away, what am I going to hear? We talked about this every time on the show. Homophobe. (laughs) No, no, it doesn't. It just makes me, you know, I'm an I'm an I'm an originalist. I look to the 10th Amendment. What does the 10th Amendment say? The 10th Amendment says the powers not granted to the Congress by the Constitution, nor prohibited to by the states shall be left to the states or to the people respectively. Yes, I know it verbatim off the top of my head. I am a geek and I admit it. Um, let, let's let's listen to let's listen to Kamala Harris here in a minute, and then I'm going to get really into sort of the quote, <clears throat> the meat of this issue. Often reflect on the week of Valentine's Day, 2004, when I had the honor to stand in San Francisco City Hall and perform some of our country's first marriages of same-sex couples. 
And yeah, I was there. Yeah, the, yeah. There was a yellow. School. I saw tears of joy that day to the passage As of time. As people celebrated yeah. 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 basic human rights, the right to be recognized as a family, the right to be with the person you love, whether at a military graduation, a hospital bedside, or a naturalization ceremony. Joe, Joe, Joe Biden, since he took office, his number one priority is LGBTQ+. Or as a friend of mine's sister referred to them as the alphabet people. I thought that was pretty clever because they keep running out of letters. It, 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 his, the psychology of Joe Biden and the administration, he will, on the anniversary of Pearl Harbor or the anniversary of the, uh, the Normandy invasion, he really won't go anywhere or do any ceremony, but on the same day, he'll give a speech about LGBTQ+, the, you know, the alphabet people, alphabet people rights, right? Now, on that note, because I'm kind of going to jump around here a little bit, I've asked this question before and I'll ask it again. What constitutional right do I have that a gay person doesn't? Not one. There's no, or a woman has, or any minority, or whatever you want to call it. We all have the same rights. What Joe Biden does is he goes up to the podium, because he's got the bully pulpit, and he says, well, you know what? We're going to give them special rights. He, his, his entire administration is woke. His press secretary is woke. His vice president is woke. He is woke. The good Dr. Biden is woke. The White House gardener is probably woke. Every single day we turn on the TV, he's got to do this kind of I'm cool, I'm hanging with LGBT and screw everybody else, which, by the way, I will get into more in the next break. And that is Joe Biden's silence on these horrible murders in Idaho. It's really Really interesting. All right, I'm Jeremy Lee. This is Mojo Five O Radio. Uh, my email standingground seventeen seventy six at gmail dot com. Standingground one seven seven six at gmail dot com. With you up until the eleven o'clock hour on this Wednesday. It's, inter- it, it's interesting. I was speaking to one of my uh, field producers the other day that made a good point. Is that when Joe when Joe Biden there were some other prisoners that were released. Do you remember the Brittany Griner thing recently? You know, they brought her home and they left the Marine sitting there. That Joe Biden's a deserter. He just deserted the Marine. But anyway, notwithstanding, she's home. And yeah, once again, that's a good thing. And he invited her, Brittany Griner's wife, to the White House to inform her in the Oval Office personally. And they did like a video call and they waved and everything like that. To the others that have been released in the past under Joe Biden, he never invited their families over to the White House. So why did he invite why did he invite her? Because what? They're they're gay. <laughs> it's just it, it's like if you if you're gay and you've been you've been held prisoner in Russia and then you get released, it, your spouse gets invited to the White House for this beautiful ceremony and you know full well that at some point Brittany Griner is going to be in the Rose Garden or there's going to be a parade or something like that. But to everybody else, do you want to see think when the Marie, hopefully, say, for instance, uh, this week, the White House announced we have a, we have uh, worked out an agreement and we are going to get this Marine home. Do you think that Marine's going to be invited to the White House? Do you think his family's going to be invited to the Oval Office and said, hey, look, we want to talk to him on the phone. We got him waved. Nah, he doesn't care because Joe Biden doesn't give two shits about the military. Um, okay, here, so speaking of Joe, Here's Joe, by the way, looks like he, he, they, they doped him up. They gave him something because he sounds pretty good here. Forget the content, but his energy level's good. To give you the vista, he comes up to the podium and he puts on his Ray-Ban. So, you know, he looks like badass Top Gun, whatever. And he gets up and uh, here, here he is. Today's a good day. 
Today, America takes a vital step toward equality, toward liberty and justice, not just for some, but for everyone. Everyone. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I, we're going to get into this. We're going to get into this a little as, as we move on and believe it or not, how this relates to the issue of what's going on in Idaho with Joe Biden. But everyone, everyone. All right, let's continue. Toward creating a nation where decency, dignity, and love are recognized, honored, and protected. Today, I sign the Respect for Marriage Act into law. Deciding whether to marry, who to marry, is one of the most profound decisions a person can make. You cannot legislate people's feelings. He, he makes this declaration basically saying, everybody now, you must accept gay marriage. It's not how it works in this country. I don't care how many signatories you put on a piece of paper, Joe, as our nation's chief executive. You can't just change someone's opinion by signing a bill. It doesn't work that way. All right, continue. As I've said before, and some of you might remember, on a certain TV show 10 years ago, I got in trouble. Uh, marriage, I mean this involved my heart. Marriage is a simple proposition. Who do you love? And will you be loyal to that person you love? Okay, we'll stop right there for a minute. No, no law or anything in this country dictates to people who they can love and who they can't love. As long as as long as everything falls within legal parameters, you can love whoever you want, male, male, female, female, whatever. Um, th- this whole thing is you have a right to love who you want to love. You've always had that right. It involves marriage, which is far different because marriage isn't, isn't mentioned in the Constitution, and that's why it ended up in front of the Supreme Court, and it's going to end up in front of the Supreme Court again. I can almost guarantee it. Okay, continue with the demented socialist from Delaware. It's not more complicated than that. The law recognizes that everyone should have the right to answer those questions for themselves without the government interference. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Let's play what he said again there. The law recognizes that everyone should have the right to answer those questions for themselves without the government interference. Unless you're a web designer in Colorado who doesn't want to make a website for a gay wedding and then Joe Biden will send the government to shove a gun in your head. That's it's it's different with stuff like that. No, no, this is if if you're against gay marriage, you're being oppressive. No, you're not being oppressive. You're just like, no, nah, I want to leave it to the states. I don't want the federal government getting involved. But 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 Joe Biden, Joe Biden will support a law that makes somebody like bake a, a, a cake for a gay wedding or. Um, in this case, the web designer, or it could be like I've used the hypo before, a songwriter has to write a song for a gay wedding. So it's interesting. He He's all about individual freedom until the individual freedom runs perpendicular or counterintuitive to his agenda. And then you are evil and you, the federal government needs to come in and say, hey, look, we need to talk. Nah, it doesn't work that way. Okay. I'm Jeremy Lee. This is Standing Ground. This is Mojo Fiverr Radio. Guys, don't forget, I'm here on Mojo Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 Eastern Standard. 
Standard Time. Um, I uh, You can always hit, listen to me. You can listen to the Rewind on Spreaker, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, uh, Rumble, and iHeart at your uh, whenever you want. Just go ahead and pull them up. After 11 o'clock, uh, Monday through Friday, my shows are posted, so you can go ahead and listen to them. Um, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest with you. When I when I turned on the TV and I saw at the podium and I saw Cindy Lauper, I was like, "You got to be kidding! Is this what is? Look, I, I like Cindy Lauper. Actually, she's an '80s icon. She really is. Oh, by the way, just as a footnote, when you see her at that podium talking, she, in my opinion, she is out of it. She's either highly medicated. Her eyes kind of look like a they they look like a skating rink, and she's all like, "Thank God for Joe Biden," or maybe she's had a couple of pops or something. I don't know, but notwithstanding, it just she doesn't look right. Go look at the video. Okay, in this 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 gay marriage thing that started to really kind of well, I'd say pinnacle, but the 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 ball got rolling in or around 2001. I reside in the state, Massachusetts, that is the first state, I believe, to actually formally recognize gay marriage. I think in Hawaii, they had ceremonies for, I think they started, they recognized domestic partnership, which I was all for, but not marriage. And we were the first state to do it up here. And then it just kind of started to, uh, it became trendy. And states, and that's their decision. A lot of states allowed it, and some states did not. And then the Supreme Court just kind of jumped in and said, "No, you're going to, um, you're going to, you're going to allow this." Well, democracy's on the ballot. Remember that it's not particularly democratic for the legislature. I mean, in certain situations, certain law. I'm not saying that the federal government doesn't pass good laws and laws that make sense, but they're not always constitutional. And like I said earlier, they can be an over encroachment. And this is one of them. And like like I started from the, the beginning, and I'll say now, this thing, this signing ceremony, I'm still trying to sift through it and see what it actually means. And that is very pompous of me to jump on the air and not really have an understanding of it. But it's so damn confusing. It's like trying to fly a plane upside down at night with your eyes closed. I'm going through, I think I got the basic genesis of it. What it's designed to do is prevent the states from doing anything on their own to prevent somebody from engaging in a um, in a same-sex marriage or interracial marriage or whatever you have the one the one part of it that makes sense and I've always been with this I didn't agree with the court's decision in 15 to allow sorry to force states once again that's that's you have to underscore the word the government forcing the states to allow gay marriage, well, they decided it's essentially what's known as a writ of mandamus. It's an order from the court. It's a per curiam. It is so ordered. You need to you need to follow the law. The Supreme Court has told you. Fine. There was a some people that would argue and say that well, they're married in this state, and this state does not recognize gay marriage. This is before. Yeah, this is before it was allowed. And so if you were married gay, you're married in Massachusetts and you went to a state that does not recognize gay marriage, some people were arguing saying, "Well, you're not married in that state." Well, I came to the to the gay's defense because under the constitution there's something called the full faith and credit clause. And what that means is licenses, licenses usually tend to well to they extend most of them they extend outside the state yet some people argued that the full faith and credit clause 
only applies to judicial judgments. In other words, you are in Massachusetts and you go into court, you get divorced and you move to another state and you say, well, I'm not in Massachusetts anymore. I'm living in Florida, so I don't need to pay child support. No, the full faith and credit clause would say the decision in Massachusetts applies to you while you're living in Florida. It's sort of the same thing. And also, too, to a certain degree, a marriage license goes into somewhat of a it's a legal proceeding. The law has to be followed. You have to fill out paperwork. You have to get a marriage license. You have to take a Wasserman test. You have to do all these things. So that part of it, constitutionally, I'm I'm on their side. This this is just another effort to wrap up here. This is just another effort by this White House to just cram this stuff down people's throats. It's it's like it's not it's not Afghanistan. It's not getting a U.S. Marine home. It's making sure you get an LGBT plus person, whatever home. Um, he has made no comment, no comment whatsoever about these killings in Idaho. I know that's kind of random, but I think I know why your your head might be spinning right now as to why he has not said anything. It is just basically, as I refer to it, as the rainbow White House. It's the only thing they give a shit about. He'll come out and he'll be forceful and he'll speak well on that. But when he comes out to the podium or someone comes out to the podium and says, why is this Marine still there? It is right, right from the right from the very beginning. He's just he's just kissing ass to, to all these groups and just say, yeah, give whatever you want. When, in fact, they already support him anyway, but he doesn't want to lose them. So he has these big ceremonies and he has Elton John at the White House and he goes and he celebrates Gay Pride Month, which is fine. But I'm saying is that Joe Biden as a president in my lifetime is somebody that really does not have his priorities straight. The White House doesn't. He'll he'll talk about he'll talk about more about gay marriage than um, Kabul falling to the Taliban. He'll talk about gay marriage and LGBT rights uh, more than the, the skyrocketing crime in this country or like in Chicago and the inner cities and the shootings and the violence. He'll, he'll talk about LGBT before he talks about mass murderers being let out of prison. It's pretty screwed up. All right. We're going to kind of continue on this theme, the screwed up administration. Uh, no priorities, really. No center mass. Nothing to focus on White House except LGBT. And that's it. But to be clear, it doesn't mean I wish harm on the LGBT community. It's just that I'm I just think it's I, I, I've always I'll say it. I don't care. I've always found as a person, okay, I've always found gay marriage just to be silly. But then again, a lot of things are silly, but it doesn't make me a homophobe and I did not support it. And I'm I'm not going to support it just so people go, oh, come on over and have dinner with us tonight because you agree with us. Um, It's called the price of principle. And I can assure you I have paid that price. All right. I'm Jeremy Lay. This is Standing Ground. Quick break. Talk to you on the other side. This afternoon, we are uh, celebrating a truly historic moment uh, for marriage equality. And so I brought a friend with me uh, who is an icon, really doesn't need any introduction, but we are thrilled that she is here. Uh, We are honored to have her here with us today on this important day, Cindy Lauper, who has been advocating, as many of you know, for LGBTQI plus community for decades, particularly to end youth homelessness. Cindy will be performing this afternoon, and I 
thought I'd invite her uh, to in front of all of you all today yeah. to say a few words. And Cindy, thank you so much the for coming. Great, yes, the great. Hi, I just um, I just want to tell you I came here because time after time I wanted to say thank you. <laughs> To President Biden, uh-huh. um, Speaker Pelosi, Vice President Harris, and all the advocates and his team for, for once, our families, mine and a lot of my friends uh-huh. and people you know, sometimes your neighbors, we can rest easy tonight. They, we can block. Because we can block. our families are validated. <laughs> And because now we're allowed to love who we love. She bought Which you sounds bought. odd to say. To do block. But Americans can now love who we love. And bless Joe Biden and all the people that worked on this for allowing people not to worry and their children not to worry about their future. Turned way down low Let it snow Let it snow When we finally kiss goodnight How I'll hate going out in the storm But if you really hold me tight All the way home I'll be warm And the fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye But as long as you'd love me so Let it snow, let it snow and snow When we finally kiss goodnight How I'll hate going out in the storm 
But if you really grab me tight All the way home I'll be warm Oh, the fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye But as long as you love me so Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Standing ground with Jeremy Leahy. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen. I think something is happening. quiet at the University of Idaho. With graduation over and most finals moved online, there are almost no students on campus. One month after the brutal murder of four students and their families are anxious for any information. Victim Kaylee Gonzalez's parents met with the investigators just yesterday, according to their attorney. Have you or the, the family received any new updates uh, on the investigation? Attorney Shannon Gray says the family wants a more consistent stream of information from police. He says most of their questions about the investigation have still gone unanswered, but they are hopeful police are doing the right things. New Tuesday, Moscow police released a video with new information about what happened soon after they got the initial call. I got called at home. It was on a Sunday afternoon, and uh, it took me a second. I, I really had to think about what I had just heard. Four murders in Moscow, Idaho is so out of character. Moscow police captain Roger Lanier says it was a somber scene when police arrived. It was incredibly hard for the community, but it was also really, really hard on our officers, some of whom were very young, and that was uh, the first real major crime scene. This case, I have to tell you guys, yes, I have gotten wrapped up in it, but, I, but I'm not going to spend the full break on it because I, I need to move on to some other things. But in that cut there, the, 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 the police officer, I apologize for the cold, by the way. Yeah, I'm a little bit congested. I hope it's not too irritating. I'll try to come up a little bit. But anyway, um, said that the police aren't used to handling something like this. Well, that's the operative point, isn't it? And my, my feeling is that very early on, they probably made a lot of mistakes, okay? All right, here we are. So uh, what do we know so far? We as a country, right? We as uh, fellow citizens of these poor, four young to see it. Um, what do we know? We know absolutely nothing. And, I, and I'm of the opinion, this is to something which I opine, is that the police department is not, they say we're deliberately not releasing information is because they don't have anything. The, the, the case has already gone cold. It is, it's really unbelievable. Now I got some more cuts here and then we're going to kind of get off the sort of 
the the, the police work aspect of it, and we're kind of going to look at the political aspect of it. This is a big story. This has kind of been wall-to-wall coverage every night on the news, updates on the Moscow-Idaho murders, because it is it was just so strange that you know, four kids, very well-liked, good friends. They're on an off-campus housing, and four of them wake up dead, stabbed, hacked. Well, one of they now show, they say that one of the autopsies show, one of the young women, I, guys, closure is whatever, but I, to make my point, told the, the, the father of one of them, the young girls, I think it might have been Kaylee, the young blonde one who was in bed with the other girl. They weren't, there was no relationship going on. They were just close friends. Something that when the, the knife that was used, she was borderline decapitated, but also her parts of her innards, sorry, uh, that her lungs were explode, uh, exposed had popped up through through the thoracic cavity, the chest, so the police could see her lungs. When they, That's how horrible and vicious it was. Okay, here's more from the police department. Police maintain they have information they are not releasing, but they say they still have no suspect and continue to ask people with information on a white Hyundai Elantra seen near the house the morning of the murders to contact investigators. One question that I've been asked over and over again is why no reward? I mean, in other cases, we'll see a big reward. It makes people come out and and talk. Why no reward here? We've been so successful and really can thank the community and the public for all the tips they are providing us. We have so many and good ones. So we're in the process of vetting and categorizing all of those, getting those to the investigative team so they can take action on them right away. So we're in that process. Um, A reward maybe is an option down the road, but we have such good information from the public as we are right now. We're working with that first. I think I would think that the first thing the police would do would be posting online everywhere, whatever, one million dollar award for any information leading to the arrest and conviction of the son of a bitch who did this. <laughs> I would think that would be the very cause money talks. That would be the first thing too. I, I, I they don't have anything, and that's really that's my position. They're really stuck now. The Idaho State Police have been involved. The FBI's been brought in. They have all this high-tech equipment, and here we are four weeks later, and we don't have anything, and the families of the deceits are starting to get, rightfully, getting very upset, and they're getting confused. Some of them are. Um, Some of them are taking a different approach and saying, well, let the police do their work. Now, this was my child. I can tell you within probably, I would give the police maybe a couple of weeks, but if you're not um, if you're not there within ten days or so, I'm on the phone to a private investigator. <laughs> and it's also too. It reverts to my point that I made on Monday. And Monday was look. This is a small town police department. Probably when they got to the scene, they probably did not. There were a lot of things that went wrong because once again, they just were not. They weren't used to dealing with something like this. Instead of saying, "Hang on, let's wait. Let's wait till the FBI gets here." And I do not feel there was some individuals who postulated that it might have been the two young young one the two young girls that were sleeping in the basement that did it. I did not see that happening. But which which was interesting was that how quickly how quickly the police came out and said, "Nope, it's not him. It's not her. It's not him. It's not her. It's not him. It's not her." My position has always been, and always will be, in situations like this. And you will see police departments and police chiefs when they have press conferences. They always say the same thing a lot of times: everyone is a suspect. We're looking at everyone. They literally, they literally exonerated 
so many people so quickly, and that's why the parents are feeling, hey, why aren't you taking more time to look at this person? So what I'm getting at is the Moscow-Idaho Police Department it is coming across to me, and I'm a big supporter of the police, but it, it, what I'm getting is that they're really in over their head, and they got in over their head too early before the FBI came in. And it wouldn't surprise me that there's an FBI agent at the Moscow, Idaho Police Department sitting down with the police chief and they're probably getting in shouting matches, sort of, why did you move that? Why didn't you do this? Why did you do you know, that kind of thing? Turf wars. Let's continue. Police now believe whoever was inside the white Hyundai Elantra they're looking for may have seen something important on the night of the murders, possibly without even knowing it. So we know the vehicle was there. We just don't know who was in it who may have owned that car, who may have information about what happened that night. Police say four University of Idaho students, Kaylee Gonsalves, Maddie Mogan, Ethan Chapin, and Zana Kernodal were brutally stabbed to death in their shared off-campus home. Two female roommates sleeping on the bottom floor of the house were not injured. This comes as the father of Gonsalves is alleging new details on how some of the victims were killed. Stephen Gonsalves telling Fox News Digital that he had spoken to the coroner who said the victims had big open wounds, adding this was a strong weapon, not like a stab. Gonsalves also said the coroner told him his daughter's injuries definitely did not match the wounds of fellow victim Madison Mogan, who was killed in the same bed, and that it was the work of a strong individual. Obviously, it was uh, pretty horrific from what we know now, right? It, it, this, this was not a night that you buy a crate and barrel or you buy on Amazon. Well, maybe you do buy on Amazon. It's more like sort of like a, uh, a knife that's used for industrial purposes. These, I'll say it, these, these poor young kids were sliced and diced. It wasn't like just one stab. They were just, they were completely hacked. It's horrible, horrible crime. Now, here's my question. <clears throat> Where is Joe Biden on this case? Why? Why hasn't? Why hasn't Kareen, or maybe she has, and I've missed it? Has Kareen, the first black first lesbian press secretary, come out and issue a statement saying that our hearts and our, our thoughts are with the families? Maybe they have, but the White House has not really made any statement on this. And there's been it's look what happened in in Idaho is extremely rare. And you know what? I hate to use the word. It stabs at the heart of Americana. It, it it is it, it is I hate to use the word stab but I'm just saying is that it, it it it's a dig at you know college kids spring of their life you know they're 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 at that time where the feeling of immortality and they're having a great time and they're with their friends and they're bonding and they're having a great time cut down four dead hacked and stabbed to death and the reason the reason that joe biden has not gone out and laid a wreath at the house or has gone to the university at the graduation and given a speech and saying how horrible and sad and say their names is what because they weren't gay they're not black and an ar-15 wasn't used is there is there anybody out there that would like to email me or challenge me on this and 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 honestly say say to me well if they were if it was the exact same situation and they were four young gay students or they were black or like i say ar15 do you honestly think that that white house wouldn't come out immediately and issue a statement and that joe biden wouldn't fly out there do you honestly think that that wouldn't happen 
happen? <laughs> Come on. There, I said it. If if the victims if the victims were alphabet people, LGBTQ plus people, Joe Biden would be out there giving a speech, laying flowers, probably lighting candles with his wife and all that. But this this is not really a hate crime. This is just a good old fashioned murder where unfortunately four white college kids got killed. What what uh, uh, white people are shit in this administration, especially if they're white men. Um, I I don't. I don't know. I, I guess I would leave it to someone like Peter Ducey is for Peter Ducey to kind of look, you know, like his eyes look up and say, why has the president been so quiet on this horrible, these horrible murders in um, Idaho? Um Kareen's response is going to be, um, the president feels that he doesn't want to make any statements because it could interfere with the investigation. And at this time, we feel it's best. Mm-hmm. And then my response would be, well, that's interesting because during the trial of uh, George, the George Floyd trial with Derek Chauvin, he was shooting his mouth off while it was on trial before the verdict had even been reached. So I... I I use my own derivatives. I use my own calculus. It's obvious why he doesn't said why he does why he doesn't care about this horrible thing in, in in Idaho. It's it's obvious. If they had been gay or if they had been black, it would have been White House full court press. Which leads to my point in the beginning is that that's that's who he really cares about when it comes to citizens to people. He doesn't give two shits about these poor kids. I do. All right, I'm Jeremy Lee. This is Standing Ground. This is Mojo Five O Radio. Um, we're, we got to move off this because I'm starting to get more uh, nauseated and depressed as I, I try. Look, I try not to go down the rabbit hole, but when stuff like this happens and there's no nothing's going on, I literally start to just my mind starts to spin, and I just gotta like take a chill, um, smoke a little ganja, sip a wine, and just ease back because I get too involved um, I have a very dear friend down south and he's he's really good because he's he's good at keeping up with these things I probably should have called him this morning or had him on maybe um, I just call him inspector Duke inspector Duke he's, he's a he's a he's a good crime guy he's a good he's not a police officer he's just he's he takes it well I do too we, this is what we have in common it's like what about what if whatever but he, we haven't weighed in on the political aspect of it but I find it extremely interesting that the White House is pretty much ignored this this horrible horrible event okay i'm jeremy lee this is standing ground this is mojo fiverr radio guys do me a favor and it is the holiday season even though i forget every day god christmas is only just what uh, 11 days away right uh get yourself some goodies and help uh, keep this station on the air by simply going to www.mojofiverradio.com backslash shop www.mojofiverradio.com backslash shop and get yourself some mojo goodies today Hats, cups, t-shirts, mugs, the Doc Thompson pillow with always great advice and help support myself and this fine station at the same time. All right. Once again, www.mojofiverradio.com backslash shop, www.mojofiverradio.com backslash shop. Before I move on, I will say I'm going to send a ping out to um, David Rudolph, attorney, David Rudolph. You guys, you know who David Rudolph is? I got a cell phone number. I got a lot of cell phone numbers. Okay, I'm really connected. Okay, D- David Rudolph is a very famous 
um, defense attorney. He was the movie The Staircase, the the one in the Carolinas with a guy, the writer Michael Peterson, was accused of killing his wife. You've seen the series, maybe on Netflix. The lawyer David Rudolph, he's got the dark beard, you know, uh, very bright guy. He brings in Henry Lee and all these team of investigators. I'm gonna put a ping out to him because I've had him on a couple times before. He's a really interesting guy. He's had a lot of cases and he's very receptive. He always calls me back. I'd really like to get him to weigh in on this. I think he probably have to be careful, but I'd like to ask him about, you know, as an attorney who's dealt with cases like this, is there anything that he sees that's just kind of off? <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people think off. We don't know what is off. It's just that we've had, we've hit a complete dead end. All right, let's move on, shall we? And now for something completely different. This is a topic that I, I've never weighed in on really, and that has to do with term limits. And I, I didn't, over the years, I've never really kind of centered myself on it and been like, mm, I take a position either way. But at the ripe old age of, I've, I've come to the conclusion that yes, there, there, there are politicians right now as we speak are in Washington that have just been there way, way too long. Diane Feinstein is technically alive, but she's not there, but she's still on the government payroll. And there's been others through the years that they're too long. Ted Kennedy, Mitch McConnell, Republican Nancy Pelosi, too long. They just kind of move in. They settle in. They start uh, Joe, Joe Biden, for instance, would be another one. Joe Biden started on a salary of $40,000 and now he's a multimillionaire. Where does all this money come from? Nancy Pelosi goes in, her salary is 120 grand a year. She comes out with $250 million. Well, anyway, a few years ago, there was a young man who's from an organization that's trying to get Congress to engage in, to, you know, to, to, to put the lid on it and say, no, you're going to serve two terms and that's it. And then you got to move over and let somebody else in because you're here and you get too much power. His name is, last name here, it only says here in the report. Tumbleys. I think it's John Tumbleys, but not with an, notwithstanding, this is a few years ago, and this he gave a beautiful presentation in front of Congress. And sitting up there was Maisie Hirodo from Hawaii. There, Hawaii Five O, Ted Cruz, uh, a few others were sitting on this. I forget which committee it was. Might have been oversight. I forget. It's irrelevant. But it was interesting because when you watch it, he's kind of scolded them like little kids. This is your problem. You're here too long, whatever. Now, not all of them have been there forever, but a few of them. And the way they're looking at him, you got to watch the video, but you'll hear it come out of his mouth. The content is, is really impressive of what he's basically saying to them and putting in a kind of a metaphorical sense and bringing it home and making it simple and making it practical. And he's excellent. Have a listen. Our first witness, Mr. Tumbleys. Thank you, Mr. Chairman and Senators, for providing me an opportunity to address this important issue. I want you to imagine for a moment that you are an employer and you've got some problems with your employees. When you hired these employees, they promised they would do exactly what you asked of them. But once they got the job, they became a nightmare. They stopped listening to you and started using the job to line their own pockets. They took the company credit card and racked up more debt than you could afford to pay back. They became so obsessed with keeping their jobs that they forgot to do their jobs. And after all that failure, all that disappointment, and all that incompetence, your employees came to you and said, we deserve a raise. If you're a reasonable person, that should make your blood boil. And yet, that is exactly what it feels like to be an American taxpayer. The first three words in our Constitution are we the people. 
It's written larger than anything else because the framers of that document, the architects of our republic, wanted to remind you at all times who's in charge. We, the people. We are your employers, and you have an obligation to listen to us. So I come to you with a message from the American people. We demand term limits for members of Congress. In fact, according to the most recent national polls on the issue, 82% of Americans want term limits. That includes support from 89% of Republicans, 76% of Democrats, and 83% of independent voters. This is not a left or right issue. This is an American issue. In fact, term limits could be the only issue with support from both President Trump and former President Obama. Now, there was a time about 25 years ago when Congress was debating this. Nearly every opponent of term limits up here had the same rebuttal. Experience, experience, experience. We need experience to do this job right. If only you leave your Congress member in office for decades on end, he or she will become such a policy expert that all our problems will be solved. In hindsight, that was one of the worst predictions ever. This system is broken. Congress has given us $22 trillion in debt, the longest war in American history, a broken health care system, a broken immigration system, a tax code written by lobbyists, an explosion of money in politics. Worst of all, too few here have the courage to address these problems because the only focus is on getting reelected. That's why it comes as no surprise that Congress has a 60%, a 14% approval rating, and 60% of Americans say that they would fire every single member of Congress if they could. Congress is less popular than traffic jams, root canals, and hemorrhoids. <laughs> You're beating head lice, but the lice have asked for a recount. Unfortunately, <laughs> good, good, elections good, good. alone cannot fix this problem. Not because voters like you guys so much, but due to the nearly unbreakable power of incumbency. At the same time members of Congress publicly claim elections are free and fair, they secretly deploy every trick in the book to keep power. Incumbents get $9 in special interest money for every dollar that goes to a challenger. And if incumbents are having difficulty raising money, not to worry, they're allowed to send campaign-style mailers at taxpayer expense. That's to say nothing of all the free media and name recognition politicians naturally get just for being in office. The incumbent advantage creates a barrier to entry for everyday Americans without the connections to fund a campaign. It is the case for term limits. Elections may in theory be capable of dethroning incumbents, but that isn't how it works in the real world. Congressional incumbents have a 98% re-election rate. That probably explains why Congress looks more like a country club than a melting pot. It's predominantly made up of lawyers and politicians and is disproportionately old, white, rich, and male. Term limits would give us a legislature that better reflects the diversity of our society. The message long-term incumbents send to young people like me seems to be, we want you just close enough to the political process to help us win, but don't get too close and take our jobs. The American people have lost confidence in this Congress, and for good reason. We routinely see abuses of power. Eighteen months ago, it was revealed that members of Congress were secretly using taxpayer money to settle lawsuits, some for sexual harassment. You still haven't disclosed how our money was spent and on whose behalf. So term limits is a check on arrogance, it's a check on incumbency, and it's a check on power. It's a way to restore political courage while bringing fresh faces and ideas to Washington. As Ben Franklin said, for the rulers to return among the people was not to degrade them, but to promote them. As Kanye West said, no one man should have all that power. Here's the dilemma we face. Over 80% of Americans want term limits to happen. Donald Trump and Barack Obama want it. It is being blocked purely by the self-interest of Congress. 
If this were a trial, you all would have to recuse yourselves because there is a colossal conflict of interest. If term limits pass, you won't stay in the limelight forever. You won't be the center of attention. And some people might even stop laughing at your jokes. You'll have to become ordinary citizens. And that is, my friends, the entire point. We're asking you to do what's right and listen to the people you represent. It's time to bring the gravy train into the station, end the reign of career politicians, and give Congress back to the people. Please support Senate Joint Resolution 1 for term limits. Thank you. I wish I could write like that. Um, what a what a what a beautiful, eloquent, humorous, respectful way to put it. And if you were going to write an executive summary of that statement that he, Mr. Tumbleus, gave in front of that committee, it was it was pretty simple. Yeah, come on down here, but don't overstay your welcome. <laughs> and look, I I I don't I don't see I don't see term limits being passed really now there there have been in the past there have been do you guys remember a congressman by the name of marty Meehan and from massachusetts marty Meehan, when he ran for congress he made a pledge and he got up he just freaking lied he, he got up and he said i i give you my pledge now i will only serve one term or maybe two terms, I say. But I think he said, "I will, I will go to Washington and I will serve only one term because these we need term limits. It's too much." But I'm going to take it upon myself. Then came, then came re-election time, and what did he do? He changed his mind. And guess what? Massachusetts re-elected him, of course. So, look, I like to think. I like to hope, and I know there is actually, there are good people there. There's good people in Washington, even the ones that have been there a long time. Mitch McConnell's been there too long, but I think fundamentally, yes, he's a good person. Um, Nancy Pelosi's a piece of shit, (laughs) but she's been there too long, but she has that in common with Mitch McConnell. Um, Chuck Schumer, yeah, I mean, I I think he's, well, I don't know. I'm going to stay off Chuck Schumer. I I could go through the entire list, Republican and Democrat. I'm not really talking about their personalities. But the bottom line is, is the longer someone's there, the more power they get, and the more power they get, the more inclined they are to be corrupt. And what? Not screw themselves over or their colleagues over, screw you and I over. Now, whether whether term limits will ever go anywhere, whether anything will happen, I don't know. But I think everybody, that speech, Mr. Tumbleus, that I just played, I think everybody in Congress should listen to that speech. Everyone. He said it so eloquently. Is what happens is when these people get into power and they're there too long, they expand and our liberties contract and we just become peasants and peons to them. It's it's simple. Ready? Okay. January 6th, abortion, LGBT rights, and that's pretty much where it ends. That is that is the White House's three number one priorities. Everything else just doesn't matter. You know what would be interesting? What would be interesting? Of course, it's fun to do this in our head, right? They pick up the son of a bitch who did it. They pick up the son of a bitch who did it, and it turns out that the son of a bitch who did it 
is from the LGBTQ plus the alphabet people is a member of the alphabet people. And the reason he did it was because he was all pissed off at heterosexuals and he didn't like them and that he wasn't being invited to parties. And he thinks that maybe he was being excluded because he was gay. The question would be, is that a hate crime? (laughs) I think it probably is a hate crime. Don't you think it is Uh, a, a, a gay, a violent gay person? Well, gay people can be violent like anybody else, but a gay person goes in and stabs him. Would that be a hate crime? Oh my God, I better stop now while I'm ahead. All right. All right. With that, I am Jeremy Lake. Boy, covered a lot of bases today, right? I mean, we went from Cindy Lauper to four poor, four poor, uh, unfortunate individuals that were uh, 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 stabbed to death in their beds to term limits. So I, I guess I've kind of put it all together. Um, Anyway, we'll keep an eye on all of these issues, uh, but I got to run. Okay, I'm Jeremy Lee. This is Standing Ground. This is Mojo Five Radio. I will be back with you tomorrow, God willing, at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Mojo Five Radio. Talk to you then. Standing Ground has been a production of Leahy Media. If term limits pass, you won't stay in the limelight forever. You won't be the center of attention. And some people might even stop laughing at your jokes. Everything that traffic will allow. No way could you get that happy feeling when you are stealing that extra bow. There's no people. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five O. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.